Now, let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy on ESPN Honolulu. What's up, everybody? Welcome. It's a new week. We are approaching the holidays, uh, Christmas, of course, right around the corner, and that means sports here in the islands in the form of the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl. You also have the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic, so all that stuff is uh, just days away, and we'll be getting to some discussion about that for sure. I'm Kanoa Leahy coming to you from the Paxa Studios in Honolulu. This is another edition of Let's Talk Sports. Riding solo today, so we'll have plenty room if you have uh, any desire to call in with a question or comment, you can do so at 808-296-1420. Text in uh, via that same combination of numbers, and uh, we'll get to those. We should have a little bit more time to do so today. However, I am excited because we are going to carve out a segment uh, about the second segment of the show, maybe in about 15 minutes or so. We're going to talk with one of the newest or soon-to-be newest official members of the University of Hawaii football program. I think this guy is a get uh, and I really enjoy just the play on words that we can apply with his name. Uh, he is a transferring cornerback slash kick returner from Wyoming. Uh, gave his verbal commitment to the University of Hawaii within the last few days. He is expected to sign a binding letter of intent and commitment on Wednesday. Cam Stone coming over from Wyoming. This is a guy who has a 99-yard kick return for a touchdown on his ledger. Had two picks this past season including a pick six, uh, a guy who is considered by many to be a pretty darn good lockdown type of corner. 5'10", 185 pounds, was clocked at 4.38 in the 40. That was during Wyoming's testing uh, several years ago. Uh, but this guy is athletic. This guy is uh, has a reputation, has some bona fides, uh, and he is nice enough to uh, give us a little bit of time. At least we are expecting to talk with him again in that second segment. Allowed just one touchdown catch in 71 targets over three seasons with the Cowboys. I mean, if that's not Padlock City, uh, that's awfully close to it. And I think that it comes at a time when Hawaii certainly can use a little bit of bolstering in that defensive secondary. They are losing Hugh Nelson, uh, also losing kick returner Jalen Perdue. So you're talking about Cam Stone, who can fill both those roles uh, as a cornerback, uh, replacing Hugh Nelson uh, and some of the void that he leaves behind. And certainly uh, Hawaii with uh, the need for some help in the return game. Jalen Perdue was one of their primary guys there uh, and so those guys completed their UH eligibility so the timing of this I think is significant the timing of this get uh, is perfect and we do want to ask Cam uh, what it was that lured him to the islands good write-up by Stephen Sion the Honolulu Star advertiser and he does reference some of that says that he certainly felt like he had a connection with Abraham Emelimimian we are going to talk further with Cam Stone about that. So again, riding solo here in the studio, but I do have Josh Pacheco, uh, who is working the board, and uh, he is in the adjacent room. He's got the headset on and the microphone open. It's like, where to start here? We'll get to Cam Stone in, in about 10 to 15 minutes, but man, this weekend of sports was just bananas. Like, you don't even, like, the NFL was drunk this past weekend. Like, I don't even understand. The NFL was, I don't know what was going on. It was like one of those weeks where the sports books and the casinos just laugh on their way to the bank with all of your money because the NFL was so crazy and so unpredictable. We saw things that we have never seen before in this game. And yet, 
I think that takes a backseat to what was, uh, in my opinion, maybe one of the greatest, if not the greatest single championship sporting event that I've ever seen. And I know, hey, look, recency bias. We tend to do that, particularly in the sports radio realm uh we like to say hey the best thing i ever saw was that last thing that i ever saw that does sometimes apply but i mean this world cup let's be honest and i've been a bit conflicted over the world cup thing you know the uh qatari government has left a bad taste uh in my mouth i think the controversy behind you know the the decision by fifa to hold the world cup there and because of the temperature conditions they had to move it to the winter time and it just this whole thing was a mess you had all of these migrant worker deaths that were logged and there's still a dispute as to how many people actually died in the construction of all of these beautiful stadiums and you have that as the backdrop and it's just you know it's it's hard to avoid and ignore but then you're watching that world cup final and i guess this is human nature because i'll admit it i wasn't thinking about all that stuff i was watching this competition and it was something to behold uh i actually didn't watch it live i did the very daring thing of dvring it because it was at 5 a.m right so it was a little early i didn't really want to wake up at 5 a.m i knew i also had a full day of football watching ahead of me you know sundays are rough you know sundays uh, you, you gotta you gotta reach down deep brutal you gotta reach down deep inside you see what you're made of how much television viewing can i muster uh and so i knew that that was ahead of me and so i dvr'd the game which is dangerous because my phone is lighting up with text messages you know you get the notifications from like the espn app and all of this stuff so i'm like trying to ignore my phone as much as possible i'm fast forwarding through some of the lull stuff right throughout the match uh but i pretty much just watch it in real time um for the most part and it was just unbelievable you had uh, argentina obviously defeating france spoiler alert uh, on penalty kicks and uh, again i was a bit conflicted over the world cup thing but it had to be one of the greatest championship events that i've ever watched and i think what made it so good obviously so many twists and turns right in the match itself it was a very well played uh, soccer or football match however you want to refer to it but i thought that also what added to it what made it so colossal in my mind and what then i think challenged me to try to come up with another time that this happened to such a grand degree was you had leo messi on one side for argentina you had Kylian mbappe on the other side for france these are two all-timers right guys who are going to go down as all-time legends, all-time greats they'll they'll be in the discussion for the goat uh, of 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 all-time in the sport and they are at the, uh, you know, I think a lot of people were thinking, okay, maybe Messi is starting to get late in his in his career. He's in the twilight, but what he did in this tournament was unbelievable. And so you had two all-time greats in the their primes, at the peak of their powers, putting on a show, the hat trick for Mbappe, the two goals during the match for Leo Messi. Um, it just was unreal and and the fact that they were able to live up to their standards of excellence to their legend in a match that also had so many twists and turns uh, you were just hanging on like every single moment it was as you know because there have been some soccer matches i'll be honest I, you know i'm not the, the biggest soccer guy jordan helly would would definitely be able to talk uh, much more in depth about uh, what transpired in that match i can only talk from a more aesthetic and superficial level but yeah i've, I've watched some soccer 
soccer matches where it's just it's yonder stuff, right? Like you just don't see a lot of shots on goal. You don't see a lot of fantastic plays. This was not that. This was quite the antithesis of that. And so it got me thinking, Josh, when is the last time we, or, or I'll ask you, have seen a, a championship match or game um, and obviously, I think the fact that this is a one-off event sort of m- makes you have to try to compare it to something else like a Game 7 or a Super Bowl in a team sport where you had on either side two individuals who were at such heights of their power performing in the way that these two did and then putting on a championship-worthy show uh, of the ages like that. And, and like, the only the, – the, the first comparison that came to my mind was, all right, maybe, like, what, Magic Larry back in the day, mm-hmm. right? Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. I mean, those guys were, you know, absolutely they came up together. Absolutely they were contemporaries. Absolutely they were in the primes of their careers uh, at similar times. Um, but even then, you know, I mean, the World Cup is such a different animal, right? It's once every four years. It's on such a, a heightened level when you look at the viewership from around the world. I mean, you're talking about the extrapolation of you know, hundreds of millions potentially watching one to billions watching the other. Like, it's it's insane. But I think just for my own uh, sort of personal comparison, those were maybe the first two names that came to mind. Um, you know, I think maybe LeBron, Steph uh, in Game 7 of, of that 2016 NBA Finals, right? And, and that was kind of similar too, right? Because you had the incredible defensive stop by the keeper, Emmy Martinez, uh, in this match. And then, you know, you, that, that was sort of comparable in some ways to the LeBron chase down block, you know, with so much riding on it uh, in that Game 7 of the NBA Finals. But I don't know. The, can, can you think of another comparison? And again, we're still processing this, uh, you know, you have some of that recency bias at hand for sure. But is there anything that crosses your mind as to, like, what you saw yesterday compared to something you've seen previously? You know, I it's a day later. It's a little more than a day later, and I still haven't had the comparison talk, I think, until, you know, we just we had the conversation a little while ago before the show. I, I think it's hard. It's hard for me to compare. And, and part of it is I'm not a, a, a soccer aficionado, I guess. <laughs> you know, I, I will watch in the World Cup. Uh, but this World Cup comes at a different time than normal because the Qatari government wanted it now as compared to to in the summer. But I, I don't even know that I would compare it to a, a LeBron versus Steph or I think of like two two great quarterbacks in the NFL dueling against one another. Like I don't I don't even think I could put any of that over this. I mean, um, soccer, it can be very hard to have star v star, a hat trick versus you know, someone putting up, you know, a couple of goals in, in their final World Cup match. I mean, it, it's it's hard to fathom that. And then to think of in the in the flawed format, because I believe soccer is a flawed format, the uh, the extra time sessions in which I'm a, I'm a big believer of golden goal. You score. It's over. We're done with. But then we don't have that. It leads to the another beat, yeah. goal that, yeah. you know, keeps things going and it, it makes it even more incredible. Um yeah, I, I have a hard time, even with some of the examples you gave, I have a hard time notching this up to any of those. Like this just this took it on a world stage to an entirely new level, and it was it was refreshing to watch. And, and you know, to be honest, I did watch from the end of regular time, watch the extra session because I didn't wake up at five in the morning and I didn't think of the DR uh, DVR. So shout out to those of you who still <laughs> haven't watched it on your DVR. Um, but I watched from the end of uh, end of regular time all the way through and. 
for that almost an hour was as thrilling of an hour of sports as I've had in front of me. And to do that on an NFL Sunday takes a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it It really did, I think, to a large degree, overshadow even the craziness that would ensue the rest of the day uh, in the NFL. I'm looking at you, New England Patriots, <laughs> uh, one of the absolute worst ways to lose a football game, and we'll talk a little bit more about that for sure. But, yeah, I think you have to start there. Uh, the only thing maybe that was better than the, the soccer match itself, that World Cup competition itself, itself the celebrations by the aforementioned keeper for Argentina Emmy Martinez <laughs> during the the PK shootout and he's doing like the weird uh, waddle walk and he's like doing the shoulder shimmy and then he gets the golden glove trophy and he's in front of all of these dignitaries on a world stage with you know presumably uh, billions of people potentially watching and what does he do he goes phallic with it <laughs> he goes <laughs> He, he puts it down there, and he just, I don't know what he was doing. I was like, this guy is a cut from a different cloth. Like, this guy is a different dude. But that, that save, that save that he made in extra time or in the overtime period, I mean, that's, um, geez, that, uh, not, not just what he did in the shootout itself, but that live action save where he just sprawled out and somehow stretched uh, go-go gadget style that left leg to, to deflect the ball away. Um, I mean, that's stuff that will be talked about forever and ever. But, uh, yeah, just, I mean, I, there wasn't really a, a, a comp that I could draw a distinctive line to. I think that's sort of the point that, yeah. that you're making. And maybe with a little bit more thought, we can. Uh, just throwing down some, some uh, kind of top-of-the-mind comparisons because I think this was something that, again, uh, was unprecedented in nature. And I think that's what's going to make it uh, possibly uh, sustain itself and, and withstand the test of time, at least in my sports uh, fandom and, and history of watching sports of like, wow, I think that was possibly the greatest uh, bleeping championship thing I have ever watched. All right, well, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we are hoping that this guy is going to help guide University of Hawaii football to championship aspirations. He is a transfer from Wyoming. We'll be making it official later this week. Cam Stone, defensive back, kick returner, uh, announcing that he is committed to the University of Hawaii. He is going to join us on the other side of this break. Uh, you're listening to Let's Talk Sports. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. This is a uh, newer, more recent rendition of Santa Claus is Coming to Town as we welcome you back to Let's Talk Sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu. And you know who else is coming to town? The guy that's going to be joining us via the Aloha Kia hotline. Cam Stone, a dynamic cornerback slash kick returner, uh, has accepted an offer to join the University of Hawaii football team as a transfer from Wyoming. And he joins us now. Cam, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thanks for making the time. Appreciate it. Congratulations on the decision, first and foremost. Where are you at right now, if I may ask? Uh, I'm actually in Houston, Texas, right as of right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, because you're a Lone Star State guy. Uh, made your uh, made an impact certainly in your collegiate career at uh, Wyoming. Uh, you have the bona fides. You have some numbers that I'm I'm going to uh, read off here in a little bit. Uh, but 
tell me how you came to this decision, how you were introduced to the idea, first off, of entering the portal. Secondly, uh, how Hawaii specifically got on your radar. Uh, yeah, the, my decision to enter the portal came really into the development process on where I felt I was at in my game at, up to that point. Even though, uh, you know, I had some good numbers, I felt like there was a lot that needed to be worked on that wasn't getting worked on. So that was my personal decision behind that. And um, how Hawaii got on my radar, uh, it, it was a lot of roles that played into it, but I'll say the biggest one is just the head coach, Coach Chang. Uh, he, he laid out a, a vision that he had in mind for the team. And uh, I understood that he couldn't put it all into place last year because of him coming in in February. And uh, it sounded like he needed some guys, and uh, it, was, it was just something I really wanted to do. Yeah, have you been to Hawaii before? I mean, outside of your competition with the University of Hawaii, uh, do, have you had any uh, familiarity with coming out uh, outside of, of the game of football? Uh, no, sir. I, no, sir, I have not. Oh, so it's a bit of a different uh, atmosphere over here, but it sounds as though, based on what Timmy Chang said, based on what uh, defensive backs coach Abe Elamimian have communicated with you, uh, you feel like this is going to be a good fit for you? Uh, yes, sir, I do, most definitely. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your Wyoming career. Again, we're talking with Cam Stone via the Aloha Kia hotline. Uh, he has announced that he is transferring from the University of Wyoming to the University of Hawaii. He is going to be signing his commitment uh, on the uh, first day of signing period uh, on Wednesday. And uh, we are definitely excited, I think, uh, to have this guy uh, joining uh, the Rainbow Warrior program. 5'10", 185 pounds. Uh, when you were measured in the 40 a couple years back, uh, you ran a sub for four. Uh, you have a 99-yard kick return for a touchdown on your ledger. You had two picks this past season. One was a pick six. Um, you have also allowed just one touchdown catch in 71 targets in three seasons with the Cowboys. When you hear those numbers and you kind of hear a little bit of, of your own bona fides, uh, how does that hit you? Uh, you know, to, to an extent it feels good, but I also know that there's a lot more room for improvement with that. What is your approach to the game? When you step out on the field, what is sort of the objective for you and, and what are the things that, that help put you into the right frame of mind? Uh, I would say just, uh, getting out there, I, I have to be confident. And usually how I do that is uh, I, I talk I talk a lot. Uh, I feel like it's, it's a, key, a key thing for me. If I can keep my confidence up, it throws the receiver off and it just allows me to play my game much more. Oh, so you're admitting you, you like to talk some trash out there on the field. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I explained some words uh, when we played Hawaii with the receivers coach. Uh, that's my guy, though. That's my guy. But, uh, <laughs> during that time, he'll tell you. Oh, that's pretty funny. So it, it, it's like uh, now, I, I guess you guys can kind of laugh that off, but in the moment, it, it's about the competition. Uh, yes, sir. Most definitely. <laughs> that is that is terrific. Absolutely. We're talking with Cam Stone. Uh, he is going to be one of the newest members of the Rainbow Warrior football program, uh, joining us via the Aloha Kia hotline. Um, Hawaii didn't have its best wins and losses record this year. And you talked about Timmy Chang sort of uh, taking over a little bit late in the game, at least certainly later in the calendar year compared to what some other coaches experience. Um, but what makes you feel like Hawaii can take those positive steps towards becoming more of a contender in the Mountain West Conference? 
just just what I've seen that uh, he is he's been able to contribute or what the portal has been able to contribute to the team. I feel like uh, it's certainly getting a lot of missing pieces or just pieces to add on that'll really help this team. Because um, when we played them, I, I seen I seen a lot of good things in them. I mean, it wasn't by no means that we had a demolishing win over Hawaii. They they took us down to the wire, and they have some great skill players. And I think once we can put it all together, we'll be we'll be really fun. Now that you have an opportunity to kind of look into the rearview mirror on your time at Wyoming, how would you summarize your experience with the Cowboys? Uh, well, I would definitely say I'm I'm grateful for the, uh, the friendships I've made with certain guys on the team. Um, but I it was I was ready to get out of there. It was time for me to get out of Wyoming. <laughs> Hey, going from Laramie to Manoa, I don't think too many people are going to blame you. Just from a geographical standpoint, I think some people will uh, very much understand uh, why that might be a little more attractive for most people. Um, what, what I found very interesting uh, over the course of the last few weeks is because you, you sort of went through this, I'm sure, coming out of high school, but because you have carved out such a reputation and name for yourself through your three years at Wyoming, uh, it picked up a few notches, I would assume. Uh, but the speculation, right? All of the people that are inundating you on social media saying, hey, come to our program, coaches that are contacting you, I'd imagine it's fairly relentless. What was that experience like for you? Uh, you know, at one point, uh, I kind of I was impatient when I first put my name in the portal and I wasn't getting no calls. It made me question a lot. But um, uh, as it went on, it got, it got really hectic. I, I was missing coaches' phone calls. It, it, was, it, was, it was a lot. <laughs> Oh, so, I had a lot of people crying. Uh, sorry, no. So, so you're saying at, at first uh, you almost got a little worried because the, the traction took a while to get going? Uh, yes. Well, I, I wouldn't say that. I was just really, really impatient. Uh, I, I'll say it took about two days maybe. I was just really, like I said, impatient. That, that was all that was. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, your patience paid off uh, because from what we saw for sure, a lot of attention was uh, given to you. And you even had to post earlier today uh, that you had made your decision and you uh, very politely requested that coaches stop contacting you from a recruiting standpoint because you said, hey, look, I, I've, I've, I've made my commitment. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was I, I thought I thought that I needed to do that just for the simple fact that coaches were still hitting me up in the. Uh, so I was like, out of respect to them, I should let them know instead of wasting everybody's time. Uh, how do you describe yourself as a cornerback? Uh, a dog. I would like I would like to describe myself as a dog because uh, every, everyone knows I'm not the biggest cat on the field, far from it. But uh, you wouldn't know that by how I play. Really. Where did you get that from? Where, where do you think that um, was was born in you? Uh, you know, uh, just, just through some certain circumstances that happened in my life, I feel they just gave me a little chip on my shoulder that I played with. And do you feel like that approach, uh, vibes with what you've seen or what you're anticipating once you get uh, here to the islands, you feel like that, um, mentality, that sort of chip on the shoulder edge, you think that fits in over here? 
Oh, yes, sir. Most definitely. Yeah, I think that that's something people are looking forward to for sure um, because I think that that's something that um, a lot of the players who stayed for this transition to Coach Chang, a lot of the players exhibited that because a lot of them were guys that uh, maybe were overlooked or you know made the decision instead of leaving to try to stay with Hawaii and keep the faith and keep the commitment. And so, yeah, I think that, that uh, I think your assessment of that seems to be uh, potentially accurate for sure we're talking with cam stone uh, he is going to be transferring from the university of wyoming to the university of hawaii cornerback slash kick returner uh when do you get here uh so uh i'll be getting there around january 7th or 8th uh yeah right around the, right around that time oh okay okay uh were you recruited by hawaii out of high school as well or it was this something as far as your connection this was something that um originated once you entered the, the portal? Uh, this was originated through the portal. Uh, I, I wasn't recruited by Hawaii out of high school. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Well, uh, what's the thing that you're most excited about? What's the thing that you're most looking forward to once you do get here and you get enrolled and, and the process starts uh, starts rolling? Uh, just the progression I, I see the team making uh, throughout the year. I feel like there's going to be a lot of improvement in uh the guys, they seem hungry, and I'm hungry, so we're just going to put it up and do what we got to do. Well, as uh, Stephen Sy wrote in his opening line of uh, his uh, article talking about this story of you transferring to Hawaii, a stone is landing on the rock. That is uh, indeed what is happening. Uh, it'll be made official here on Wednesday, and we look forward to your arrival uh, and look forward to uh, you donning the Rainbow Warrior uniform. Thanks for making the time, Cam. Appreciate it. Congrats again, and, uh, and uh, safe travels and all of that good stuff. All right, thank you. I appreciate you for having me. All right, take care. Cam Stone, uh, this is an exciting get, I think, for Timmy Chang and company. Uh, he is accepting an offer to join the University of Hawaii football team as a transfer from Wyoming. Now, we got to see this guy on the field a couple of times, Josh, and he looks the part. He definitely is sort of that stereotypical cover corner, and I think the comparison to Abe Elamimian is an interesting one. Because of his size, a little more diminutive, certainly in stature, uh, he is not built like a Verdell Edwards or something like that. Like, this guy is is a smaller corner, uh, but he is dynamic, to say the least. He has explosiveness. Uh, and I think you heard, even just kind of in his confidence, he likes to talk a little junk. Uh, and I think there is an edge that he brings to the field. I think all of those things are elements, particularly when you play that position, which is arguably the hardest position in the sport. You got to kind of have that stuff. You know, we're always very careful about recruits coming in and, and trying to put them on a certain pedestal. And, 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 I, and I think there is still some of that, at least for me, here. But this almost feels like as sure of a bet as you can have on someone coming in. And, and that is totally high praise. And you, you mentioned the names that you rattle off. Um, that helps you kind of feel a little, a little more assured that, Hey, this is going to be someone who will be special. There's no, there's very few doubts about that. And I think that's probably the most exciting thing about, about this particular individual. No, and I think that's a good point. I, I think we, we allow ourselves to get carried away sometimes when you talk about these incoming recruits, particularly the ones that are coming from the high school level, because the transition from high school to college, um, or even if it is a transfer, say, from a lower division or a smaller program, that transition is hard 
to to anticipate, right? You don't know how everyone is going to react to it. I think what makes this seemingly feel more secure, if you will, for lack of a better term, uh, is the fact that Cam Stone, we've seen him do it. We've seen him do it in that league. Uh, and, and I think that because he is a known commodity to that end, uh, I think it's easier to then predict, hey, look, he's going to be a solid contributor or at least a solid arrival and presence for this team. And are we predicting that he's going to be like an all-Mountain West guy? Like, no. But I think under these circumstances, for Timmy Chang and company to be able to go out and get this guy to fill that need, uh, a guy who has this kind of resume already and these bona fides already, that's just a good thing. Like, that is a solid, solid get. I think that's an objective take. Uh, What it leads to, what it projects to, all of that stuff remains speculation. But uh, I don't think there's any denying that if you have an opportunity to get a Cam Stone you do it. And if you are able to pull it off, uh, that is kudos to you. I will also say that uh, I think the, the bigger picture of what Hawaii has appeared to have done here recruiting-wise, it this is as organized, it seems, of a recruiting effort here before the early signing period as I have seen in a, in a while. We have seen targeted areas of where this team needs to improve. Uh, and we have seen that attacked in a way that shows that there is a concerted effort to hit some of these areas hard. Cam Stone is is one of those areas of familiarity, yet at the same time, great need. Uh, the defense, great need. Um, I've been impressed, and, and this is kind of like the cherry on top in a way of, of kind of what's been impressive about the effort put into these these last couple of weeks and, and some of the stuff that's really kind of unearthed itself here. Yeah, uh, that's interesting, right? It's an interesting place to be in college football when you're taking the field in league games and some of the individuals on the other side of the ball are guys who you, in the offseason, yep. very shortly after the season ends, in fact, uh, are going to have an opportunity to actually absorb into your program. Like, what a weird place to be generally in sports. Kind of right? feels like the NFL. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Like, hey, man, that guy's good. Let's go get him. <laughs> like, that's that's an interesting thing, but that's the, the reality of the transfer portal. And uh, I think, you know, Cam, you heard, uh, I think this has been the case with uh, some of the Wyoming players here in the last few years too, for whatever reason, whether it's Laramie, whether it's, you know, other circumstances or parts of the uh, environment and atmosphere over there. There've been some guys that said, all right, I think it's time for a change. And, and it sounded as though Cam Stone was like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of over this. I need something different. Uh, and even just from, a, as I mentioned, geographical standpoint, uh, Laramie to Manoa or Laramie to Honolulu, however you want to describe it. Uh, yeah, that's an upgrade, bro. That is uh, just from a, a place to live. I think that's an upgrade. Uh, all due respect uh, to my uh, friends who have uh, lived or live in Laramie, Wyoming. All right, we're going to take uh, another break. Before we do so, though, I want to remind you that with inflation on the rise, you can rely on Domino's Hawaii to keep prices affordable. Get inflation relief from Domino's Hawaii today. 20% off on all menu price items when you order online. Domino's Pizza Hawaii is a proud sponsor of Let's Talk Sports. All right, when we come back, uh, we're going to dip into the bucket of questions how about that jingle bells jingle bells jingle all the way oh what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh jingle bells what's up everybody welcome back let's talk sports have you gotten your christmas shopping done i uh have not started is that bad i don't know um i'm wondering if anybody else out there is a little bit more on it than i am what about you josh did you uh did you get your christmas shopping done mostly done uh i've got a few more things to do but uh, mostly done. You are so responsible, man. 
so it's, it's rare. Yeah. It's really rare. Yeah, I've, I'm. This weekend was supposed to be the weekend, but uh, as I mentioned, Sundays are very demanding. There, uh, there are just too many games to watch, yeah. and it's it's hard to get to the mall on time. So uh, that's my excuse. Uh, but T minus what? Six days and counting. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you, your couch was a team player for you there yesterday. You go. Yeah, as always. Um, all right, let's uh, dip into the bucket of questions. Uh, what you got for me here, Josh? All right, your couch probably uh, was uh, was a viewer just like you of some of these uh, some of these instances that happened yesterday. <laughs> oh, actually, over the weekend. What is a worse way to lose a football game? Oof. The way the Patriots did, or the way the Colts did? Yeah, uh, they're both awful, right? Just downright awful. The, the Patriots thing was was so surprising because you just don't see the Patriots doing those things. Like, this is a Bill Belichick-coached team. I mean, this is a, a franchise that prided itself for so many years on being the standard, right? They would never beat themselves. You had to find a way to beat them. They were as disciplined and as, as meticulous in their training and preparation as they come. And here they are just doing Lord knows what on that last play. Ramondre Stevenson runs for that long gain and he tosses it to Jacoby Myers. And the thing that makes me crack up is that Jacoby Myers at one point in, in that panic situation where the game was tied, by the way. So, like, just go down, go to overtime. Of course, you know, all of us armchair quarterbacks can suggest that. But what I still find funny, and, I, I, again, I, I'm not a guy that loves to, like, make too much fun of these guys in these situations because Lord knows how we would be able to uh, respond. But that said, um, there was one moment where he looks back, like 20 yards back, and he's <laughs> – and, and he sees his quarterback, right? And he thinks to himself, like, oh, okay, Mac Jones is open. I'm going to throw it to him 20 yards. Away. What is Mac Jones going to do with it? So, like, that, just that thought process, even in a nanosecond, uh, to me, uh, that, that's, that's the stuff of really great comedy. But I think that was what made that one resonate so much, right? It's like Chandler Jones is just standing there, and all of a sudden the ball's coming to him, and then he, like, stiff-arms Mac Jones into the core of the earth uh, on the way to the end zone. And it's just, wow, that that's crazy. But I think the worst way to lose is how the Indianapolis Colts lost. When you're up 33 to nothing, it just so happens that the guy who was the quarterback for the team that gave up the biggest lead or had the worst comeback loss in Super Bowl history, Matt Ryan, is now on the wrong end of the biggest comeback or worst come-from-behind loss in NFL history. And so I just think seeing that, sort of seeing that snowball effect, right? You're up 33 nothing. You're thinking everything's going to be great. You come out of the locker room. And just to see that lead dissipating, like slowly but surely, and, and, and that, that momentum going in the wrong direction, and not being able to stop that at any point over the last two quarters, to me, that's worse. Bad things happen to bad teams. Uh, it's, it, it's bad to lose either way, but you know, the Patriots aren't a bad team. They're not as good as they used to be. That's that's the worst to me, just because you know you feel like at the very worst, you should have 10 more minutes. And at the very best, in that situation, you also should have 10 more minutes to be able to pull out a win against the Raiders team that uh, is is beatable, and it, and it didn't happen. You know, at least, you know, Indianapolis, you're on the road. And, and well, both of them were on the road. But in Indy's case, you're on the road and you see that slipping away. And you know, you know how the, the game is very much mental. And sure. you know it's slipping. You got a coach you can't trust. It's still slipping. It's still slipping. It's still slipping. 
it's almost bound to happen when you know you're also really, really, really bad. So uh, for me, the worst, honestly, is is just in one fell swoop, it just, in with a matter of, what, 10, 15, 20 seconds, it's gone. Yeah. Just disappears. Yeah. yeah. See, I think another difference is that game was tied. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's, it's one thing if the Patriots were leading and it was like, all right, we're on the precipice of victory and then this whatever baffling play happens and you lose. Uh, I think the fact that it was tied, it's not as though it's a guarantee that they would have won anyway. But, yeah, the, the way the Colts lost, like Matt Ryan, like how – how did he get any sleep last night? Did, did, did Matt or this past weekend? Like, did Matt Ryan? I mean, that's crazy. Just, just absolutely bonkers. But yeah, they're both terrible, disastrous, god awful ways uh, to lose a football game. But uh, yeah, I think I'm going in the Colts direction. Sounds like you're going with the way the Patriots lost. All right, what's next? All right, we're all going in one direction. The next thing in the bucket, should Tom Brady listen to some of the <laughs> pundits and consider retiring after this season? Yeah, so uh, I say no. Like, bleep what the pundits are saying. Like, that's that's my whole thing. Like, should, if you were Tom Brady and you kind of felt, the you know, things were slipping in the way that they appear to be, yeah, maybe you would make a, a, a certain decision, and we can all imagine that. Uh, but I am not one who in any way, shape, or form believes that a professional athlete uh, should listen to what people on the outside are suggesting, uh, particularly people in the media, of what you should do with your career. And the reason why this question is even in the bucket is because Stephen A. Smith went on TV this morning and he was saying, hey, look, it's over. And sometimes you just have to know when it's over and you have to listen to people telling you that it's over. And I'm like, no way. Like, that's terrible. Like, uh, these are professional athletes. Tom Brady has risen to the top of his his profession of his craft and so why would he give any credence to what somebody uh, on the outside looking in has to say about it if they're if 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 for all of us wannabe pro athletes, right, uh, who, if given just the the smallest opportunity to extend their athletic careers, would be like, yes, please, God, let me play for as long as I can. Like, in that kind of world in which we live, why would we begrudge someone who has an opportunity, as long as there's a team out there that's willing to sign a paycheck for this individual, if that individual feels like he doesn't or she doesn't want to stop playing and someone's willing to give them an opportunity to continue like who are we to say like just just go for it now does it impact our overall image of their legacies yeah sometimes sure um but it's their decision we have absolutely no impact on it and so if i'm tom brady i don't listen to that at all that's that's just my take on it i'll break this in two should he listen to some of the pundits? No, he will be one as soon as he uh, enters <laughs> yeah, into yeah, his Fox right. contract. But if he's not considering retiring after the season on his own, then I have a few question marks about where his head's at. Sure. Well, I mean, you can understand his head might not be in the perfect place uh, as compared to other seasons for obvious uh, outside and extraneous circumstances. And in and after each hit on the field. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing too. You're right. And and it's it's if that were the thing, like you know, you talk about maybe boxers or combat fighters, like yeah there's like a safety issue there and so maybe listening to people on the outside where it's like hey look you could you could risk significantly and permanently injuring yourself like that's one thing um but i I think just the whole idea of like no we want to remember you when you're in your prime so you got to stop when you're not in your prime anymore like that that doesn't resonate with me uh, at all but um yeah we'll see Uh, now if i were him though heck yeah i'm taking that 37 (laughs) uh, million per year cush uh, broadcasting gig that's waiting for me all right one more all right, this is a speed one. 
What did you make of the Tom Cruise skydiving commercial? All right, I watched it and then I rewound it, and it's like a thing because they're they're going to be um, Top Gun Maverick is going to be on streaming available um, services, and so uh, that's that's what the commercial basis was about. But it's Tom Cruise. Just if you haven't seen it. He's talking to the camera, sort of yelling at the camera, and it appears as though he really did skydive, and he really did parachute down to the earth, and it is crazy. I rewound it. I didn't know what I was looking at. I didn't know what to make of it, and then at the end, after watching it a second time, I was like, that's quite possibly the greatest commercial I've ever seen in my entire life. What do you think, Josh? Uh, I haven't seen it yet. What? But, yeah, I know. I, I haven't spent as much time on the interwebs today, uh, but if it is, I, I would believe it if it is him. Uh, and, and not a stunt double because we know he does a bunch of his own stunts anyway. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, he does. hey, 60 years old and doing that, kudos to him. Yeah, kudos to him, absolutely. All right, it's day seven of our Kalikimaka giveaway. Head to our ESPN Honolulu Instagram page for a chance to win an awesome baseball bat and glove for the new year, courtesy of Sports Stand Sporting Goods. We'll take a break, best and worst, and we come back. All right, welcome back. Final segment here for this edition of Let's Talk Sports. Uh, final tally apparently is in, according to Ari Murov of Pro Football Focus. The leading Pro Bowl vote-getter of all NFL players is Tua Tongovailoa. He and Jalen Hurts have apparently been established as the leading vote-getters for the AFC and NFC at the quarterback position. Uh, the official final announcement of the roster is scheduled to come Wednesday night. So kind of an interesting story there. Tua, who I thought held his own for sure in the tough conditions at Buffalo, but the Bills able to mount that late-game comeback. Pretty impressive stuff there, but I think overall the Dolphins still had a strong showing. I want to remind everybody, Coaches versus Cancer, Pauhana Party, that is tomorrow, Connie Kapila Grill. Josh Pacheco going to be broadcasting live. Come out, support the the uh, incredible cause. Talk story with Iran Ganat and other participating coaches from the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic. Get your tickets at hawaiibowlfoundation.org. All right, quick best and worst. Josh, you got a best? Yeah, uh, quick best. I, I, I'm not doing this because of a dare, uh, but the Minnesota Vikings come back on the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Congratulations to Scott Robbs. Uh, yeah, that would that would be on the best this weekend. Oh, that's very kind of you. My best is, uh, well, Texas winning the NCAA Women's Volleyball Championship with a sweep over Louisville. And, of course, the three Hawaii girls, Sage Ka'ahaina, Torres, uh, Keone Leakana, and Devin Kahahavai. And Akana with the uh, ace to seal it. And then even got a shout-out from uh, Neil Everett. So that's pretty cool. All right, what's your worst? All right, my worst. First, uh, Philadelphia Eagles uh, will, will likely be without Jalen Hurts with a sprained shoulder this weekend against the Dallas Cowboys. That line was Dallas one and a half before. Now it's Dallas minus five because yeah. of the injury and maybe his MVP votes uh, hopes are up in smoke there. Yeah, I mean, you would imagine right now he and Patrick Mahomes, I would assume, are kind of the two neck and neck guys, if you want to call it that. Uh, I think that just uh, sort of gives way perhaps uh, to uh, Patty Mahomes to seal that thing up. All right, my worst, Malik Hausman getting denied an extra year of eligibility for the UH football team. Part of the reason why uh, maybe bringing Cam Stone in, someone of that veteranship, is also so significant. Uh, only played in two games in each of 2019 and 2020, spent five years at Air Arizona before coming to UH last season. It was a bit of a swing for the fences for sure for Hawaii, uh, but gosh darn it, it would have been nice to see. But uh, we wish Malik the best in the rest of his career. All right, that's it for us. Thanks, Josh. Uh, thanks once again to Cam Stone for joining. See you next time.